Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to The Conversation. We are Symbol Athletica, the brand of the purpose-driven. We stand for people that stand for something. Well, Happy New Year, 2020. Wow, that sounds mystical and magical, doesn't it? Well, it's been a little while, and I'm a little late getting back to you because I have been busy myself making sure that I personally get launched into 2020 with power and momentum. In fact, the What I'm going to try to do today stems from that very effort. The question I'm going to try to answer in today's conversation is, what would a person, a lifelong student of personal growth and development, personal performance, one that have dived into this world of trying to get a personal edge for over the last decade, one that has read over 400 books on um, everything from psychology, sociology, leadership, philosophy, both modern and ancient, biochemistry, neuroscience, nutrition. What would a person that has jumped and lived in this world for the last decade do to personally jumpstart their new year? Well, that's the nature of this conversation. I'm going to share with you what I have come to do as my annual structured launch of a new year. And I'm sharing this in hope that it might give you some insights, some ideas of things you can create on your own. You might just want to take, steal some ideas that you think might work from you, or it might just give you some comfort knowing that there are other people out there that jump into this year to try to shotgun themselves off into the new year with a bang. So hopefully you fall into one of those categories and hopefully we touch on something that inspires you to do something very, very meaningful, impactful. Welcome to today's conversation. Supercharge. All right, all right. Let's jump into this conversation. You know, in this conversation, I'm going to suggest that you have a pencil and paper handy to jot down some notes, um, hopefully from some insight or inspiration you get, not necessarily for the finer points or details of this conversation, but the intent of this conversation is to give you some ideas and some strategies and techniques and techniques that you can apply in your personal plan. So supercharge, supercharge. First, let's look at the many definitions of the word charge, because I think all of the definitions, all of the meanings of the word charge can be related to the intention of this conversation. So first, we have the demand of an amount in return for a good or service. Something There's a charge for something in return for something else. The second is um, the, accusing somebody or pointing somebody's, making an accusation of somebody as related to a higher body of set laws. There's a charge placed against that person. There's a charge of that person being in violation of some law. The next is to entrust with a duty or responsibility, to have somebody under your charge. Um, And and the next is a common one, to rush forward, to attack, charge, that type of charge. And finally, charge as being in the property of matter responsible for the electrical phenomena that exist in both the positive and the negative states. So all of those are different definitions of the word charge. All of those, I believe, to be relevant relevant to this conversation we're going to have today. And I'm going to charge you <laughs> with the challenge of finding the connection between some of these ideas and some of the things you're trying to accomplish in 2020, in 2020. Now, I'm going to break this conversation up into three uh, parts. Um, one, the first is going to be around supercharging your mindset, kind of the, the game I play to supercharge my mindset. The next um, is going to be to supercharge my body. And finally, um, to supercharge my action, to supercharge my day. So I'm giving you the result of something that has been evolving and changing over the course of years. In fact, Um, This is, I'm going to start now with the game I play to supercharge my mind at the beginning of every year. And I've been doing a version of this um, for for many decades, for a decade or more, actually. But there have been three fundamental changes. Um, So I'm going to call this version three of 
the first idea. It's the first, it's the version three of it. I'm not going to really get into the hows and the whys. It works, or I believe that it works, but I wouldn't be sharing it with you if I didn't think that it fundamentally works, and it fundamentally works in such a profound way that it doesn't really matter what your uh, where you come from, like what school of thought you come from, where you are. You don't have to have any particular skill set or anything like that. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't share it because it would work for some and not work for others. But these are things that I think will have a positive impact on anybody that embarks upon the game and actually plays it full out. So the first thing I do is I play this game. And it's called, I, it's, I write a book. And it's a short book that you can write. It's like more like a journal, but I'm going to tell you, I do it in a very specific way. And it's called The Book of a Thousand Things. The Book of a Thousand Things. So the first thing you want to do is go get an empty notebook and a pen. That's all you need for this exercise. And an open heart, mind, and imagination. So what we're going to do is we're going to... This is what I suggest people do before they actually write down the specifics of their goals for 2020. This is an exercise to get you in the right mental state, right? You want to elevate your mental state. That's the purpose or the intention of this of this exercise I'm going to walk you through. So the first thing you want to do is you want to get the most powerful emotional state um, for a positive transformation, for positive personal power, for universal power, for all of that stuff that we hear about, especially in the esoteric side of philosophies. And that's um, a state of gratitude. Not going to get into why it's the most powerful. I'm, that's just where I ended up. So that's what I'm sharing you kind of the, the cliff notes. So what we're going to do is we're going to start this book of a thousand things with an exercise to get us plugged into a very powerful source of energy. And we mean that in a very broad context. And that's a state of gratitude. So the first thing you, we're going to challenge you to do is you need to make a list of 100 things that you are grateful for throughout the course of your life, 100 things that you are grateful for. You have to write them down. This in itself is going to be transformative for many people. Just the act of thinking about these, conjuring these things, bringing them back up to life in their memory, and physically writing them down is a powerful exercise just by itself. But you're going to write down 100 things that you are grateful for. Now, the way I now do it is I try to make, I try to break them up into at least three different distinct parts of my life. So the first 30% will be from my childhood. The second 30% will be from my teenage years, young adult years. And the final 30% will be from my adult living career life, you know, that world all the way to the present. So task number one is to write down a hundred things that you are grateful for. That's kind of the primer. That's to get the engine on. That's the ignition. That's just you cutting the motor on. Now, the next thing I do, and this is the, this is the, the meat of it, and it's very powerful. It sounds easier than it is to do, so I'm going to give you that warning up front, but I hope you take the challenge and, and give it a shot. So the next thing you want to do after you write down 100 things that you are grateful for, you want to actually get into the main body of the thousand things. And what you want to simply do is write down 1,000 things that you want. And they have to be for you, not for others, but they have to be for you. And this exercise, I initially did it to do a lot of things. It, it breaks a lot of conditioning we have about... Um, um, not wanting and not being worthy for things and trying to understand the logic behind how we could have things and, you know, not wanting things that we don't know how we can get. All of those things that I will argue have a negative outcome in the real world. Um, this is an exercise. Remember, this is a challenge to, to, uh, to, this is a challenge to exercise your imagination. And it's really designed to shift you, to use that, that, that energy that you've created in the first part of this, the, in, the ignition part of this, with finding and plugging into that source of gratitude mentally, the next thing we're going to do is use that energy to expand your foundation from abundant thinking. Abundance thinking. So you, you complete a list of a thousand things you want. It should shift you into 
the reality that we live in a life of abundance, just the fact that, and, and I will tell you this, that the first time I did this, I failed. The first couple of times I failed. I, I created, the, I, you know, I had a personal challenge. And you have to do this whole book, by the way. I'm, and I'm bouncing around because I may forget some of the rules to tell you up front. But this whole thing has to be accomplished in a week. I usually started on the first and I have to be done by the first week of the year with this entire book. So next thing you want to do is just write down a thousand things you want. It's just going to shift you into a very abundant thinking. It's going to push most people into creative thinking in a positive way that they've just never done before. Most people are taught not to want, not to do these things. And they definitely don't take the time to focus on them to write them down. So just this act, I can tell you, it's pretty profound. In fact, most people, I've shared this with many people verbally over the last few years, and um, many people around that 250 to 300 mark, if you get that far into making the list, you some. So if you get that far into the list, 250-ish to 300, a very amazing thing happens. Some of the things that you have written on your um, list of things starts to show up in your life. It actually just starts to show up. It's happened to me multiple times now. It's happened to many other people that I've shared this with. It's pretty amazing and it's very self-affirming and motivating. So when that starts to happen, it kind of motivates you to... Um, finish out the list or play out the list. And that's just a teaser as to what this, the total impact of this entire game is going to have or the potential it's going to have in your life. So you go through this list of a, of a, of a thousand things. Here, here's something to consider. A lot of people believe, as do I, that there's this kind of um, uh, a relationship between energy, resources, and need energy resources in need and and this correspondence is, is equal so basically it's uh, the short version of the idea is you will convert from your available resources and potential energy the exact amount of energy required to execute an action right to do something that you desire to do so you don't like if you're sitting on the couch your body's not going to convert. I'll use calories and food energy for a simple example, but I mean it in a bigger, much expanded sense. But if you're sitting on the couch and um, you're just sitting there watching TV, your body's not going to convert the available caloric energy, the glucogen in your blood, all that stuff um, into an abundance, a more abundance of energy required for you sitting on the couch. Now, the minute you stand up and you start walking across the floor, you start to convert potential energy into energy. So imagine if that, just use that as a metaphor and imagine that's just the way the universe works. So imagine that you only got the energy required for that active focus desire you were trying to take. So um, if, if you understand the nature of that idea, then the, you know, people with great want and great need really um, have access to great power. In fact, one of the most famous personal growth, and pe some people call it the cornerstone of personal growth and development literature or books is Think and Grow Rich. And it starts off with a burning desire. You have to have a burning desire. Many people talk about the need to have a huge why, a why, a why. Why you need to do the things is more important than how you do the things in many cases. So a lot of these things you see how they might cross over each other in terms of, of cohesiveness. There's a harmony of intent in these, these great timeless ideas. And one of the things that this list did for me, especially the first couple of times I attempted to do it because I didn't complete it the first couple of times, was it showed me how little I wanted. I mean, I got through 150, almost 200 things, and everything that I thought I wanted was on that list. And then that was eye-opening to me, because if, you know, if you understand that energy thing we just talked about, I'm like, wow, I, that's nothing. That's, you know, you give a child the, the task of doing this list, they whip through this list as fast as they can write. Uh, a child wants to thought, but an adult, Who's, who has all these limited beliefs and all these mandates for logic and all these 
these things, filters, they, they must run their opportunities through in terms of their personal self-ability and worthiness and all these other things we do completely limit. It's, it's a task. It's a task for most people to write down a simple list of a thousand things. And that's not a lot of things. Um, so that's the that's the task. I, I, I challenge you to write down this book of a thousand things. It's just a list of a thousand things you want for yourself. It gets much, much easier when you start expanding it to other people. But um, I think that's because you you get off the hook of being responsible for, you know, when you make it for yourself, you have to deal with a lot of things about self-worthiness and all that other stuff. So that's what we're the intent of this game is to break some of those, hopefully, limits we may have, even in terms of our imagination, because that's all you're doing is imagining this list. Now, you write down a list of a thousand things, um, and I harped on this for a little while because this is the most important and the hardest part of this game. Once you finish the thousand things, the final piece of this game is to then write down 100 great memories you have. But here's the kicker. You're going to write down memories from the future. The future has to be beyond. You're going to write down, you're going to imagine remembering these positive things from some point in the future beyond where you are. It can be at the end of 2020. It can be five years from now. Doesn't matter. You want to imagine the memory you have from that point and you want to write them down and then you go just like in the beginning of this you wrote down a hundred of things you are grateful for this is very similar to that but you're writing down the um the positive memories you have from the future great fun exercise right great stretch of most people's imagination it takes most people to an emotional mindset place that they've just never been before now that's the bulk of the mindset game. That's it. You do, you do the first piece, 100 things that you're grateful for, um, touching on every part, sub- fundamental part of your lifespan, childhood, teenage, and adult years. And then you do a book of 1,000 things, 1,000 things you, would, you want. And then you finish up with 1,000 great memories you have, but from the future. That's the mindset piece. My belief is that you do this book. That's the book of a thousand things. You complete the book of a thousand things and then you see for yourself just the difference it makes in your, your year, your month. Actually, it's going, you're going to, most people start to realize this is worth doing in the act of doing it. They can somehow tell it's having a positive impact on them before they even complete it. And in many cases, it's because they see material things as evidence to support it. Now, um, so that's the challenge. That's the book of a thousand things. That is the mindset supercharge. And when next we're going to focus on at a high level, my strategy for supercharging my body. Okay, so hopefully at least some of you complete that first part of the supercharge challenge and supercharge your mind. You will be amazed as what happens. And if you take me up on this challenge, reach back out to me with how what happened. Some of the highlights. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear because they are pretty amazing. Um, it's a pretty. It's almost like a book of magic. It's so. It's so interesting. It's how something so simple can have such a huge effect. But anyway, that's the challenge, and I hope you take me up on it. So the next thing we're going to focus on now is what I have come to do to supercharge my body. And um, it's basically kind of a combination of a few things. And it, it's, going to, it's going to be in the wheelhouse of keto, in the wheelhouse of paleo, in the wheelhouse of intermittent fasting. But I'm going to talk about kind of what I do. But, but more importantly, I'm going to talk about how I got there. Because in that, I think, may lie the helpful insight to you. So 
you know, as a part of my um, biohacking uh, attempt, right, my attempt to find ways to find actual advantages in my performance, um, over the last couple of years, um, I've been really focused on the uh, neural side of things, the brain side of things, Um, largely because when you can really feel a mental difference, in, in my opinion, it trumped everything else that I had been trying to do. It was such a such a dramatic difference, and I came to that by accident. Maybe I'll talk about that on a different podcast. But once I realized that, wow, you know, s- slight increases in your my mental ability just kind of had this uber, this umbrella effect on everything else, right? Because because it's kind of upstream from everything else we try to do. So in my attempt to try to enhance my clarity and mental energy, I find myself um, doing a couple of things and it ends up with kind of um, me taking this little morning uh, cocktail. And I'm going to tell you what I take is not prescribing you to take it. I'm just giving you insight into what I do, right? But some of it might ring true to you or some of it might intrigue you to just go look up some things and do some research and come up with your own structured, formal approach to trying to increase your energy. So, you know, uh, you know, like many people in the morning have a cup of coffee. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of caffeine. Um, caffeine is great for it kind of igniting your central nervous system, etc. Obviously, too much caffeine can be a bad thing. So, um, but it has it can have a, a positive effect as well, and many people have that habit. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of caffeine. So with my morning caffeine, and I can come from a multitude of sources, right? I can come from coffee, um, or it can actually come from just caffeine, right? Because I got to the point where I, when I really tried to formalize this and track wasn't making a difference, I tried to take out the unknown variables, and I realized that a cup of coffee from Starbucks had a range of caffeine in it, but I didn't know what it actually was. So to control that, I actually just went to the to the store and bought some caffeine pills. And and then it became I realized that, wow, caffeine is so cheap. You know, you can buy a bottle of caffeine for seven dollars. You can't even buy a cup of coffee for that in some places. Then that became one of the reasons why, you know, caffeine pills becomes a part of my morning kind of cocktail. But so you have your morning coffee. With that, I added things that 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 had seemed to be proven, and by proven I mean used for thousands of years. A lot of these come from Ayurvedic medicine and Asians medicine and their study of the body and energy and herbs and things like that. So my first thing was to make was to do two things. One was to safeguard against my consistent caffeine intake. I didn't want to burn out my adrenal functions, right? Because that's kind of a consequence of being in an excited state all the time or being in a heightened um, charge state all the time um, or caffeinated. So I said, okay, well, what out there can I do to help kind of nutritionally support my adrenal function? And that led me down the path to some very, um, very powerful adaptogens, right? Adaptogens are, are kind of herbs that can be used as the building blocks for whatever your body needs. And these aren't technically accurate definitions, but they're functionally accurate. So adaptogens are very popular. We we know about adaptogens through popular culture, like things like ginseng and things like that. So the adaptogens I took, once I started looking at things I could use to support my adrenal function, I also wanted to suppress or help my body deal with stress hormones. So part of my... Um, strategy for increasing my mental performance and my overall physical health was just to minimize or help me um, mitigate the physical result of stress. And, you know, you can't eliminate stress from your life. There's stress just in driving. There's stress in any any professional task. There's stress in having friends and family and human relationships. There's stress in just everything. Everything that's an associated piece of stress, and, over, and stress can be very harmful to your biochemistry, right? Very, very harmful. In fact, one of the most ravaging hormones, stress hormones there is in terms of trying to get ahead physically and mentally is cortisol, right? It's a stress hormone. It's what you produce 
when you are stressed as part of that flight or fright hormones. I'm not going to get into all those details now, but I was trying to minimize the negative effects of stress hormones in my attempt to increase my mental, sustained mental clarity, focus, etc. And, you know, one of my favorite herbs, one of my favorite herbs from my personal research or exploration into this idea is an herb called ashwagandha. Um, you can look it up, ashwagandha, A-S-H-W-A-G-A-N-D-H-A, ashwagandha. Very, very powerful herb used for helping people metabolize stress or deal with stress for thousands of years. It's an adaptogen and um, it's just really cool stuff, right? So I, I add, so in my morning um, with my caffeine or coffee, right? In your case, you can add, I add ashwagandha and then I also added MCT oil, which is very, very popular now in the worlds of keto. But I added MCT oil. MCT stands for medium chain triglyceride. It's a very simple form of fat that your body can utilize right away. In fact, it's, it's, I did it, I added that to my mix because I found that the brain loves it. It's almost like brain gasoline, right? So I added to my morning cocktail, have caffeine, ashwagandha. Now I added MCT oil. And those are the three um, kind of foundation, found my foundational herbs. Now my version three of that, now that's what I did for many years and still swear by it. But now I've, I've grown in that and I've added a, a couple of other things. Um, Rodolia is another adaptogen that helps you m- metabolize or, or, or uh, deal, deal with stress, um, help your body deals with the stress, you know, negative stress hormones. Um, and, and then in, in addition to that, I, I, make sure, I wanted to make sure that I had the, the, the requirements for my brain to be electrically efficient. So I wanted to make sure that I had enough electrolytes in my system. And I go back and forth on how I do that. Electrolytes, you know, sometimes I just, you know, there's some, you can go buy a bottle of liquid electrolytes. Very, very cheap. Um, it basically what it is, is wa- wa- salt water, but it's, it's enhanced it's salt water, not just table salt water. Right. So, um, the other way I do this to, uh, outside of buying an electrolyte supplement is I, I go buy Himalayan sea salt. I put it in a jar. I put like a half a jar of Himalayan sea salt, and then I fill the jar up with water and shake it up and just let it sit there on the counter. And then every morning as a part of my cocktail, I add to it a spool of this salt water brine because in addition to the salt, there are a lot of trace minerals and things that come along with that um, Himalayan and pink sea salt. Or you can just go buy a little bottle of electrolytes to make sure that you are, have everything you need in your body for all that electrical stuff to be very efficient and all the sparks to happen. Right? Most people, um, this is an aside, but um, I learned very early in my age in a pretty interesting conversation with a doctor back when I was in the military in the Marines stationed in Okinawa, Japan. We were just having this general conversation around health and all that stuff. And he, he, he pointed out to me that most people walk around slightly dehydrated slightly dehydrated. And then he talked about the significant difference it makes in how somebody feels or performs with just percentage points of dehydration. Like if you're just 1% slightly dehydrated, how you feel versus being fully hydrated or 2%, it's dramatic. And you can test it. Most people, if you feel blocked, they just went out and just like drank too much water. Too much is relative to them, right? Because most people don't drink enough just plain water. Um, but if people just went out and like tried to drink a gallon of water in one day, in the course of drinking all of that water, they're going to find that they have an elevated mood. That's because it's not drugs. It's because they've been, most people are slightly dehydrated. So because of that, I know that the impact of that can, can disrupt this whole electrolyte system. So as a part of that, I just make sure that I have electrolytes. Um, my body has ample electrolytes for the lightning starting to take place, right? So that's it. I mean, that's kind of my morning charge. That's my morning cocktail I, I did for um, my, you know, tr- in my attempt to biohack into my mental acuity, right? My mental ability. But here's what happened. Um, and here's the, the, the rest of the, the connection, how the keto connection, right? So 
in doing that, I felt great, right? I felt great. You get that, you get that coffee charge, but you get that enhanced coffee charge because I think those herbs really do help, and they really do help you with your mood. And I realized that, you know, my days didn't change. The stress in my day didn't change, but how I felt about the stressful things fundamentally changed. And I live a very stressful relative to most people's lives. I have multiple businesses coming from multiple angles. Um, Entrepreneur is challenged in itself, but when you have multiple things running concurrently, it's just a tough place to be mentally because you're always on, you're always on, and you can, you can easily burn out. Um, and I, it made a huge difference. And one of the things I just wanted to combat against was just the ravages of stress. I know that stress is a killer. I know that stress, you know, downstream from stress is, you know, irritability, depression, heart disease, just a whole bunch of things, right, that you can attribute to stress and inflammation. So if I can minimize those two things just, you know, on a consistent basis, um, that's my effort. That's my contribution to myself for trying to tip the balances to be a little bit healthier. So in, in doing that, what I found is I felt great, so good throughout the course of the day. And I'm so busy uh, in doing the stuff I just described that I started to forget to eat. I'm not a big breakfast person. Um, um, and I started to, to eat later in the day because I would just not be hungry. I would just not be hungry. And, and I found that, you know, two or three days a week, I found myself going 15 hours into the day, 16 hours into the day before I ate my first meal. Not because I was some type of plan. It's just because I forgot. I just didn't feel like eating. And I attribute me not feeling hungry. I attribute some of that to this morning cocktail that I took. Um, and it's felt great, right? So anyway, so in doing that, I that pulled me down into what is now known as intermittent fasting. I would go 15, 16 hours or more before I had that first meal. And the combination of those two things, I believe, that, that cocktail in the morning and that intermittent fasting pulled me down into... Um, being mildly ketogenic. Now, here's what happens. By ketogenic, for those that don't know what that is, that just means that your body has gotten itself into a place where its primary source of energy is burning fat. It's burning your own fat as fuel. And it turns out that your own body fat is super fuel for your body. I mean, it's super fuel. It's like jet fuel. I mean, your body lights up when you get to the place of burning your own body fat. Your brain lights up. Your, your ability, physical energy goes off the chart. It's incredible. Um, here's the thing, though. It's very hard for most people to get there because your body is very efficient and it doesn't have to get there. Because most people consume enough energy throughout the course of the day that the body never has to tap into its stored energy. And... The most calorie dense food, the more calorie dense foods you consume, the, the more surplus of energy you have. So calorie dense are basically sugars and carbs. Now, now what I had done is I stripped out um, sugar from my diet and carbs from my diet um, to minimize this, this, this abundance of energy. I did it to you know, because I was trying to transform my body. I did it intentionally. First of all, I did it when I was going through body transformation because I wanted to put myself into a calorie deficit if I could so that I could lose some body fat and change the way that my body looked. That was the goal. But in combining all of those things, it led me to a place where without those calorie-dense part of my diet, you know, I ended up eating mostly protein and plants. Protein and plants. That's very keto. That's a key. That's the essence of a keto diet. That's also the essence of a paleo diet. So, um, in my effort to cut out the surplus of calories, so I could be in a calorie deficit to change the way my body looked by burning some body fat, I stripped out the things that would make that hard to do. I stripped out the things, the high calorie foods, and the highest calorie foods were sugars and carbs. Now. That triple combination, that morning cocktail, that's so busy that I forgot to eat and I put myself into these at least two, three days a week of going 16 hours without eating, on top of no available sugars and carbs in my diet, pushed me into this place that I was ketogenic. And I didn't even know it. 
I was explaining to a friend of mine. Actually, I interviewed him on on um, earlier. He's one of my first. Uh, he's going to be on my, one. Of, he's one of the first persons I told about this podcast, and he's agreed to be um, have me interview him. He's a phenomenal person in the world of performance and growth and all that stuff and nutrition. And I was telling him, man, because. I, you know, I was doing this body transformation challenge that I do every year. But this year, and this was just last year, that I realized, the, beginning, the, the year before last, or the end of last year, and all of last year, I realized that given the amount of effort I was putting into my transformation compared to what I'd done over the last 10 years, I was get working a fraction as hard, but getting like twice the results. And I didn't understand what was going on because obviously I get older and it should be getting harder. And then he just asked me some simple questions like, you know, what am I eating? And I kind of told him, well, you know, trying to keep the carbs and sugars down low. And he's and then he got down. He asked me a, a fundamental question. He was like, well, how many carbs did you eat today? And I told him, I don't know, maybe probably less than 20, you know, 20 or so. He's like 20 or so all day. And I was like, yeah, he said, well, you're probably ketogenic. And I was like, what do you mean? And then he's then he explained to me what the whole keto thing is. And then I actually was intrigued by that because I was that way, maybe he's right because something was going on because I'd gotten to the point where I felt phenomenal. My, my mentally, I felt phenomenal. I'm in a great, I was in a great mood. And even though I hadn't eaten, even if I went out and did some super taxing exercise, like a, fifth, like a 14 mile um, run walk I did one day, a two, three, a two hour workout I did, and I do some pretty hard workouts, especially I, I did some ceremonial workouts that are really, really hard. Like for the Marine Corps birthday, I do a very, very hard workout. And even without food, one, I didn't have a lack of energy. No, two, I wasn't hungry even after the workout, even though I didn't eat, which was blowing my mind. I'm like, how can I not be hungry? Where's the energy coming from? And uh, lo and behold, I think it, it was becoming from me burning my body fat as fuel. So I went out and I bought a book on keto um, called The Keto Vitals, super cool book. The first two chapters are very, very immersed reading, but it gets into some very deep scientists, science and research on how keto can be applied to all kinds of things from Alzheimer's to degenerative diseases to diabetes, all kinds of things. But the first two chapters just explain what it is and how it works and how you get there. I highly recommend that you go, you know, get that, read it, or just go sit in the bookstore and read the first two chapters. Super cool, super interesting, and very reaffirming as to why you may want to consider elements of this approach. So um, that's what I do to supercharge my body. It's that, that combination is to take that morning cocktail. Um, I'll tell you why, um, but it's mostly to fight stress hormones as, and, and feed the brain and, strike, and, and fight stress hormones. That's what that cocktail was designed. That's what I was trying to create. And it resulted in me having this and I tried to, this great mental energy, and it resulted in me um, being supercharged in my approach to trying to change my body composition. And by doing that, I took out the super calorie dense foods. I took out sugars and um, um, carbohydrates. Oh, by the way, I also took out all processed food. Nothing, you know, I try to eat only real food. I tried to eat for at least that 90 days because this was for a 90 day challenge. I did only real food. So food that didn't have a list of ingredients on the back, you know, and that basically boils down to protein, um, meat and vegetables, meat and vegetables, basically. And then um, this last year, I modified that if you've been following along the podcast to the predominant protein source to come from plant based protein. But it wasn't always that way, and um, it wasn't that way when I had the first dramatic assault, and I go in and out of that, um, but still having the same phenomenal results. But that's what I do to, to supercharge my body at the beginning of the year. In fact, I, I now do it, if you've been following along. I, I used to start it on January 1st. Now I started in October with the plan of ending it on January 1st and celebrating my ending this piece of it when everybody else is just getting started, which I've done this year. So um, that's the supercharge your body piece. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about supercharging the moment, the day.
Well, okay. If you are still with me, we have walked through our process or the game we play on a strategy to supercharge our mind. And we have also talked about some ideas around supercharging your body. So we're going to wrap this conversation up with supercharging your day. And believe it or not, this is going to be the easiest part of this whole task. Because what you're going to do is you're going to supercharge your mind first. You're going to go through that process as the best you can do with it. Just give it your best effort. But then have that person, have you, after you've done those supercharging activities, have that person then create your goals for 2020. Have that enlightened, that energetic, that optimistic, that powerful person coming from a a place sourced from gratitude, have that person generate your real list of what you want to accomplish this year. And you want to have that list, have things and tasks you need to accomplish that come all the way back into today. Now, the next thing we're going to do is when you create that list, we're going we're gonna to suggest, highly suggest, that you have some type of physical, physical, your body um, related goal as a part of your plan. This has nothing to do with if you think you're overweight or underweight or too fat or too skinny. That's not the reason why. We, we have this belief and we talked about it on a few on a past podcast that we believe that the most practical sequence of transformational transformational events, the sequence of success, if you will, the syntax, if you will, of this transformational language goes body, mind, spirit, body, mind, spirit. And there are practical reasons why we believe this, because when you have a physical body goal, whatever that is, lose five pounds, gain 10 pounds, feel better, be more flexible, whatever it is, that's something that when you put structure around and energy around and activity around and you accomplish that task, what it generates right in front of your eyes is a physical, a real physical, visible result. It's a visible result in the real world that you, you being the voice in your head, can create a result in the physical world. And, that's, and that does volumes to your underlying self-belief and your personal framework of belief and your, your ability to reach for other potential goals because it's very hard for people to truly commit to trying to do something that they do not believe is possible for them to do. So... Body, mind, spirit, we call that the success syntax, if you will, of putting together a plan of personal empowerment. And it has to do more with feeding your belief framework of your ability to connect to creating something in the physical world than it actually does to you losing 10 pounds or 15 pounds or whatever it is. It's just a challenge. It's just a game. But it's one that creates physical evidence of real power you have in your life in your world. So you want to create some type of physical body challenge as a part of your yearly planning and you want to commit to it, stick to it and go get it and go make that happen. Um, realize this as the warning though. Here's the warning in this. It's a real, it's a, it's a tough love warning. It's just the reality of math. If it is true that by creating a goal, by pursuing that goal and accomplishing the goal, It feeds your belief in your ability to do that, to create, to control your reality. The opposite is also true. You know, one plus one equals two. That means that two minus one equals one. So the opposite of that is also as true, which means when you, you, like most people, you know, I'm not talking about you personally, just most people or everybody at some points in their life, every time they create a goal that they say that they want to accomplish, and they do not go through the activity of accomplishing it or they don't finish it, then it feeds the belief that they do not have the control. It's a, de- it's a depowering proof of concept. It proves that you are powerless 
in this regard. It's not powerful in this regard. So it's very, very um, important. It's very critical that one, you set these goals, but that two, once you set them, you have to commit to doing them. You have to commit to putting it in the energy behind hitting the milestones. If not, all of them, and that's why you want to have a goal with many, many milestones, because every time you hit a milestone, every time you accomplish a task, you're feeding the framework of belief that you have the power to do it. And the more you do it, the more you empower to do it, the more you empower to do it, the more you probable to do it, and the more you probable to do it, the more it comes to pass. So add a part of a, add a physical piece, have something physical you want to do as a part of your plan. And now just plan the rest of it. Plan the rest of your day. Plan the rest of your year. But do it from the mental state of this empowered person. And remember how we started this off, the different definitions of the word charge, right? And you want to think about these definitions as you think about the relevance of this idea, this concept, this challenge, this game, and the potential it may have in serving you in your life. We talked about charge being the demand for an amount of a ser- or a service. It might just be when you make a request to the universe, when you make a request to the universe for something to show up, be attracted to you, materialize, manifest, there's a cost for that. It charges you for that. So then we want to super we want to be we want to be supercharged in our ability to make that charge, to meet that charge. The other is charges being accused um, of something under the umbrella of law, right? Like in the legal context, right? Like somebody is charged as violating a law. They have this charge and that charge, but it's usually trying to show somebody guilty of breaking a law. So the idea here is that there are fundamental laws of success, fundamental laws of progress, fundamental laws of you can fill in the blank. There are fundamental laws of weight loss, like one being a calorie deficit, right? There are fundamental laws to every, to many things, and this you 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 are you're going to be charged accordingly. Are you are you neg- are you going to be charged negatively by breaking a fundamental law that's required that you not break to get what you want, right? The next is charged as being the entrust with the duty of responsibility. Um, this whole game is designed around the underlying belief that we are charged with the responsibility of creating our future, with creating our dreams, of finding, creating our happiness. We are charged with determining our goals. We are charged with determining our direction, making our decisions, what we are willing to accept or not accept. That's the charge that we have as awake and enlightened human beings. And with that, and with that charge, we are empowered to charge, to rush forward or to attack. Charge to rush forward or to attack. And hopefully, finally, this whole big conversation we're having around an attempt to help us find a way to supercharge ourselves is under the, the idea and f- physical science concept, or you know, we can broaden that to be a metaphor that a charge is the property, property of matter. Um, often in our conversations, we talk about what matters, right? We interchange those two. The property of talking about how to connect what matters to us, right? And we, that's a function of our decision-making. We choose that. And it's the phenomenon of, of creating electrical power related to what matter, matter, matters to us. Now, in the physical world, it's the phenomenon um, of matter um, related to an electrical charge, and they result in either a positive or a negative charge. I'm going to argue that the same thing happens in the world of humanity, in our life, being human. You know, there's an underlying thing that happens when we um, relate it to the things that matter to us, and they are largely, they create in a big cascading way, positive ripple effects and negative ripple effects. It's interesting how all these things poetically tie together, right? So it's the same thing. So that's, that's the charge conversations, folks. Hopefully 
it gave you something to think about. Hopefully, if you took some notes, you wrote down some insights you had and some things you could do, or more importantly, things you could stop doing. And when you put together your game plan, or if not, you know, if you don't have an idea of your own, just try one of the things I suggested. I'm telling you, that book of a thousand things is like a magical book. It's like a book of the alchemist, man. It's, it's so incredible and so easy to do, yet so hard to do. <laughs> You'll see. And it's also very uh, enlightening. I was humbled when I first taught, tried to do that book of a thousand things to realize how little I wanted in this life, giving the magic and opportunity, this unlimited world we live in. I wanted very few things. And correspondingly, I think I had the universe supplying up, the, you know, adequate, equal resources and energy to get those little things to happen. You know, so now I have a massive date. I have a massive demand on the universe for energies and resources. And I prove it to myself every year at the beginning of the year by completing my book of a thousand things. So, my friends, that's it. I hope you got something out of this to contemplate, create, make it your own. If you know other people that you think may benefit from the random conversations we have here at Symbol Athletica, please let them know this is going on. I will tell you this, and this is another challenge for you at the beginning of the year. I challenge you to, if you find this conversation interesting or found something from this conversation useful, I challenge you to share this particular podcast with one or two other people. Here's why. I'm actually trying to do you a big favor. Because the reality of it is, if you found a couple of things, and if, if, you're, if you found a couple of things in this conversation that you agree that you may find useful, but you fall short of being able to share this conversation with other people, I would, I'm going to argue and challenge you that that's because you subconsciously know that the follow-up questions that will come after you sharing this with some other people will be, what did you decide to do or what are you doing? And then you know downstream from that it will be, what, how did it go? And now you're more on the hook for these concepts and these ideas, your version of them. So most people, I think, go through that mental scenario very fast, probably faster than their awareness, and many people may take some ideas or think this was interesting, but not share it with other people because they don't think it matters. And I'm here to tell you that everything matters. Everything matters. And the opposite is also true. Um, if you found some things that you thought were interesting or useful in this, and if you share it with somebody, th that comes from a different place of belief. Belief in your willingness to adopt something. One of these ideas or the ideas that one of these created for you, but you're fearless and you're, you're believing in your own ability to connect those dots. So um, uh, that's the challenge. I challenge you to, you know, to, to, to share this particular podcast with others, but I'm, I'm challenging. This is not a marketing challenge um, as much as it's a challenge for you to take this big, bold action that reaffirms your belief in you as related to whatever ideas germinated from this conversation in the context of your own world and your own life. There you have it. My first challenge to you for 2020. So let it be said. So let it be done. See you guys on the next episode.